Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. Ian. Hey. Jehu. Cacao! Uh, back again with a best performance ever for Mrs. Emily Blunt, my favorite half of the Hollywood power couple. That is her and John Krasinski. Not Blunt Krasinski. Because fuck his last name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a dumb last no, name. No. And that'd be a lot of syllables. <laughs> yeah. She's been in a lot of stuff for yep. a long time. A lot of it not so great. Actually, not as long as you'd think. She was... Uh, when did... What's the first She thing? kind of appeared mid-2000s. That's about is, where I ranked her. Yeah, right so she's really had... Uh, I mean, did that a was little... was 15 years ago. You realize that, right? I understand. Okay, comparatively to the... Uh, 2006 is Devil Wears Prada. That's where she came on a screen, so... 13 years? 13 years. Yeah, comparatively that is a long time. Comparatively to a lot of the other people we've done who have like had 30-year careers. Yeah, I'm glad we're doing a shorter one. Yeah, that's probably not okay. bad. But no, that definitely... you know I think the, the first breakout performance where people remember... And honestly, it's still one of her most memorable roles, in my opinion. Uh, Devil Wears Prada. I think we've raved about this movie before. We have, because yes. we did Best Performance Ever with Anne Hathaway. Uh, oh, we've done a girl already. Yeah. Yes. So we, we never have to do one again. Oh, shit. Hang on. I, I didn't remember that. that. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Uh, I love this movie. It's great. It's really great. She's really good in it. She's she supposed is. to be the, I can't remember her name. Is her name also Emily in this? Maybe. I don't remember. I think it is. Um, like rival she's, secretary. I think she steals that movie. Yeah, she's and she, it is Emily. Her name. Is yeah, Emily. she's uh, she's the rival secretary. She's like the one that that you know knows what's going on when Anne Hathaway's character gets there and kind of makes her look bad by just you know knowing what Miranda wants and what Miranda <laughs> needs. And then by the end of the movie, she's like in peril because Anne Hathaway has kind of usurped her, and now she seems more pitiful. And you know, for for a minor character, I feel like you feel a lot of things for oh, her for in sure, that movie. Yeah. It's a super power cast at the top, minus Vinnie Chase. Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Stanley Tucci, and uh, and Emily Blunt are all incredible yeah. in this movie. It's it's a great movie. There's also a really great office bit where Michael Scott pretends that he's Miranda for a bit. Oh, yeah? It's hilarious. <laughs> and without, Sounds good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, it was like, Michael rented Devil Wears Prada this week. He's watched it every night. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. I don't know if this is a Stars Aligned thing or if it's how she got the role, but she's... Uh, no, it's not how she got the role, but she's... Uh, Sister-in-law to uh, Stanley Tucci, and yes. that apparently, oh. uh, apparently, her sister is married to Stanley Tucci, and uh, I, uh, I guess that makes sense. That's I, how sister-in-laws. That work. is how sister-in-laws work. Did you just explain the concept of a sister-in-law. <laughs> this is an informative <laughs> podcast. Uh, but apparently, in the course of filming this this uh, movie, her and Anne Hathaway became really good friends and have maintained that friendship cool. up to now. So, this, I think. It, no, I was thinking it's cool that, like, she, this is pretty much her first real star movie, you know what I mean? And she broke out, you know? Because, like, everything, we, we were going through a career, everything before that's, like, TV movies, TV shows, guest spots, so, like, her first movie ended up being pretty successful. Yeah, it's a huge hit. It's kind of, like, cult classic status and that. People just, like, love this movie. I don't know if Maybe it's cult. It made money when it came yeah, it was, out. It was, I, I had just started back in the life when this movie came out, and it was fucking busy. It's just got saying, staying power. Yeah, that's better. It's got staying power. Because yeah. people still, I still watch yeah. this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's great. It's on TV. It's Any better than Transformers. Any woman north of 50 loves this movie. <laughs> I, think, I think most people <laughs> love this movie. If you've watched it. I've, I've never watched it myself, but yeah, I'll defer to your all's opinion. Oh, man. This is, this is a You're gap. missing out. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fun time. I mean, as the guy who's never seen The Godfather as a movie <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know, fair enough. But I think The Devil Wears Prada is more important. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, so that brings us to one of her her next big role. I don't know if it's a big role. Uh, roles in uh, the Steve Carell vehicle, Dan in Real Life, mm-hmm. which is honestly I don't remember the movie more than I remember the poster, which is Steve Carell's face in in a sad wet pile of pancakes. <laughs> I was gonna say that was the only part of this I had an interest in oh, talking about. Oh, I remember this <laughs> yeah. stupid fucking poster. <laughs> it's like it's a memorable poster. Yeah, I think I saw this movie purely off of the poster. Yeah, actually, it's. I, what is I, this about? It's a sad that. guy movie. Dan, uh, I mean uh, Dan, who's Steve Carell's a sad guy, and then he meets kind of like a you know magical girl who like brings him back to life, and then he finds out that that girl is his brother's girlfriend, and you know this brother is uh, Dane Cook. Yes, yeah. we yeah, said this yeah, off yeah. air, but I really hate Steve Carell doing dramas because yeah. they're always. Sad, sad movies. Like, do a fucking happy drama. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember watching they this. Tom Hanks. Yeah, exactly. They exist. <laughs> I remember watching this movie, first of all, because I, I was I was very interested in Dane Cook's attempts to be a movie star. Fair enough. I, he's, I, still, I, he's still trying. And, and, uh, and I thought with him and Steve Carell, it would probably be a pretty funny movie, but it's 
not that at no. all. It's like it's lightly comedy, but mostly it's just sad. And uh, it, yeah, I, I I don't even remember that she was in it. I mean, of the the hipstery bullshit soundtracks that were going on at, at the time, it's pretty good. I right. like the soundtrack to this movie more than I like the movie. That <laughs> was very popular in the day. Yeah. It was yeah, having like a lot of a lot of hits that like people would recognize, but like mainstream people would like not turn their you know. I mean, it was it was just shit. It was a lot of it is shit that I, I had never heard. I mean, it's kind of like a Juno soundtrack where it's, yeah. it's all this like you know poppy acousticy bullshit, but it's it's still pretty good. It was two thousand and seven. We didn't know better. Uh, Dane Cook's got to be like top five most annoying actors in the planet, right? See, I've came back around on Dane Cook. I kind of like Dane Cook again. I don't want to. I don't want to go to Dane Cook train, but I'm kind of <laughs> with Jay Hugh on this. I've kind of come back around on Dane. Cook. Watch that Jessica Simpson movie and not as an actor. He's just kind of had a pitiful life, so I kind of want him yeah, to succeed. Exactly. I, I tell you what I think is just fascinating. We're to really me, gonna do this <laughs> about Dane Cook is that he is demonstrably a better person than Louis C.K. Oh, definitely. If you would go back and tell me that in 2008, I would have punched you in the fucking mouth. <laughs> like you know, I fucking loved Louis C.K. and that was exactly at the spot where I decided, oh, Dane Cook's a fucking hack. It's weird that the world has changed so much. Yeah, basically. you're in the upside down. But, <laughs> but, and I still stand by Dane Cook's first record. That's solid shit. He hasn't done much great stand-up since then, but that first record's solid. Okay. Anyway, Emily, Emily back Blunt. to the Emmy Blunt. <laughs> God, good thing we picked a women for this one. <laughs> uh, so, so, so our next big role was in uh, uh, Charlie Wilson's War, Yep. which is a movie. I know I have seen it, and I know I recognize people being in it, I don't remember a lick of the plot of Tom this Tom Hanks is in it. At Tom the, Hanks At is the end it. of it, we left the Taliban with our uh, our weapons and guns yep. and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't remember this, anything in the middle. I love this movie. I don't remember her being in it at all. I think oh. she, she's like a, not cameo, but like small part. Yeah, she's definitely not like a, like even a supporting character. Although, I, I will say, uh, the, the late Michael Williamson had the best review of this movie after watching it. He said, that was the best movie of 1998. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And this is, he's a con- Texas congressman, and he's dealing with the Afghanistan war and, you know, going behind the Soviets back, like the old Afghanistan war, mm, yeah. and kind of like being shady dealings and doing this is shady, like in shady the political 80s. stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Who was she in the movie? Because I really <laughs> don't remember. Jane... Lytle. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever that is. But yeah, she's in it. It's a fine movie. I, I remember being forgettable. I, I, not I, one I remember Tom I liked this movie a lot, but yeah. I'm going worse than Transformers simply because I don't remember a lick about it. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Worse than Transformers. So that brings us to a, uh, a smaller movie, which is uh, critically successful at the time that I just recently watched. Uh, Sunshine Cleaning with her mm-hmm. and Amy Adams, which is about two sisters who are kind of down on their luck who decide to just up and start a, uh, a biohazard cleaning uh, service where essentially they're cleaning up after crime scenes and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's again, we're, if we're talking about like indie dramedies, kind of black comedy sort of things, this is very much of its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's uh, Emily Blunt in one of her. I mean, I feel like it's one of her more prominent roles. She's a co-lead with with Amy Adams, and uh, she's good in it. Granted, all of the females look exactly the same in this movie. I don't know <laughs> who the casting director was. But they had a very specific. Well, they're supposed face to play sisters. So well, I mean. no, I mean all of the like even the ones that aren't related. I don't know, but uh, she's she's good in it. it it's the, a comedy or drama. It's a it's a dramedy. It's, okay. it's got both. a little bit of both. Yeah. Do you like how seriously I said dramedy? <laughs> like it means something. I just hate when we take two words and combine it together and make yeah. a new fake word. I hate that. I, I'm, I'm into it. I'm the same way even when I use them. I hate Yeah. It. Dramedy. What bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I say, I, you know, look, it's not as good as I thought it was going to be, but I think it's better than Transformers. And Emily Blunt's definitely better than Transformers. She better um, name you, Adam. So, so, well, here's the thing. It's one of those movies that's got a weird perspective because the whole plot is she's supposed to be like, Amy Adams is the sister who like she had a had a kid that was I it's assumed to be kind of like you know an unexpected thing and she's a single mom uh, and you know just trying to make it work and Emily Blunt's supposed to be like the fuck up sister who like can't get her life together but the thing is over the course of it she's very reliable mm-hmm. and then at the very end there's an accident that happens that's kind of her fault but is also Amy Adams's fault for not being there when she was supposed to be. But, like, the movie frames it like it is definitely Emily Blunt's fault. And I'm like, I don't know if she's really that much of a mm. fuck-up. She seems to mostly be showing up and doing what she's <laughs> supposed to be doing. So, I don't know. It's kind of a weird movie, but it's better than Transformers. Fair she's good. I remember when this movie came out, I was aggressively depressed, and I was not watching Yeah, you shouldn't. Not. It's, uh... Yeah. 
It's not a cheery movie. Yeah. <laughs> More drama than comedy. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so uh, one, of, one of the other roles that I think was expected to be bigger than it was, uh, she is the female lead in The Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro. And Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony goddamn Hopkins. I want to watch this. This is a good cast. It's not. It's really bad. I, it's well worth a watch, yeah. but it's, uh, it's not good. <laughs> there is a infight where Wolf... Anthony Hopkins fights Wolf Benicio del Toro. I think Wolf Anthony Hopkins is gray, right? Yes, because yeah. he's old. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Do you know, what, <laughs> do you know, what, the, you know what the big problem with this movie is? Is that Benicio del Toro is already frightening. That's true. Yeah. So, like, having him turn into a wolf man, like, almost made him less frightening. But I remember, I, I remember I kind of liked the way that this movie was shot. It was really dark. It kind of... Felt like when you were having a nightmare, but it was not a good movie. It's very inspired by, well, it's like a remake of like the old like nineteen thirties yeah. movie. Yeah. So is it modern times? No, it's, Victorian. Yeah, it's okay. Victorian. Okay. Like it's it's like the same yeah, movie, yeah. just with a new cast. Uh, this is around I, Dracula Untold, right? We're yeah. we're in. Well, we were trying to make. We all, were. Yeah. I think it was, I think this was a little before. Though. Yeah, I was yeah. a few years before Dracula yeah. Untold. Okay. Um, we were definitely in the midst of universe, or Universal trying to bring back the yeah, monsters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Emily old. Blunt is probably the best part of the movie, but it's a not a good movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the weekly part of the show where Joseph can't read his own handwriting. My hey, hand, this, is, handwriting. this is Ian's handwriting. Which is worse. <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it's such a forgettable movie that I forgot about it as I was reading it. Uh, the Matt Damon Vehicle Adjustment Bureau. Where she is also the lead. It's about uh, Matt Damon, who is an for Congress. Up, up-and-coming uh, politician yep. who uh, meets this this girl who seems to be the girl of his dreams after you know, having poor luck with love or whatever. She's a ballerina. Is she a ballerina? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, God, Ian I remembers it very well. God, I, I, I know I do. I hate everything about this movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, you find out that there are cosmic forces at work that, that are they weren't supposed to meet, and the cosmic forces are trying to keep them apart, but the cosmic forces are actually embodied by a bunch of assholes and hats who can magically walk through doorways. I remember this yep, movie. old white men. Yeah. Of no, course. Anthony Mackey's in it. Uh, He's one of the guys. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I have oh, zero yeah. recollection yeah. this I, ever occurred. I had completely forgotten about it's this movie. It's super forgettable. No, it's like where in, they can like open doors and like, you know, it's all they're high like, concept. They're like the agents but, but the, from yes, the Matrix. But the only yes, way they can exactly. open the doors is if they're wearing the fucking hats. Yep. That's their, where their magic angel powers come from. <laughs> they wear like boulder caps all the time. Yeah. Oh, yep. God, yeah. it's a stupid fucking movie. And basically, Matt Damon's movie. kind of running from his fate because he loves this girl so much. It's, it's drama romance. No, he's making his own fate. He did, no one determines his destiny. He has choice. It's free will. It's a terrible fucking movie. Yeah. It's worse than Every, Everyone is worse in, in, than Transformers than the movie itself. Does he buy a zoo in this one? It sounds like that same era of Matt Damon. I think that was the sequel. Okay. It's funny. I remember none of this movie until you guys were like, there are dudes in suits following them around. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yep. This movie's terrible. It's terrible. Worse than Transformers. <laughs> Uh, Not Emily Blunt. The, the, the trailer looked good. That's why I hate this movie so much, because I was excited for it for some reason. I don't know. I think they sold me on the trailer, and then I watched it, and I was like, Jesus, this is bad. You know what sucks here is we haven't really talked about Emily Blunt's performance in any of these movies. That's not true. I talked about it in Sunshine Clean. Fair enough. Uh, and you did talk about it in Devil Wears Prada. Also yes. true. Uh, she's good. She's a good actress, but gosh, she had a bad agent during this time, because well, I mean, these she's, are not good She's movies. still kind of in the up-and-coming phase at this point. Yeah, she's I getting mean, like the BC scripts, I think, I mean, right? she, yeah. other people she's pass She's getting on. cast opposite of Matt Damon. It was pretty cool at Absolutely, time. That's a yeah. big deal, yeah. 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 Just in a horrible movie. Yeah. Uh, she's also has a role in The Muppets, where apparently she's just arguing with Miss Piggy yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss Piggy needs somebody to rat off with. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of people in that Muppets movie. That was a good movie. Though. It was a really good movie. Yeah. Is it? No, it really is. No, it like, really is. You should watch that. I like The fun. Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it's a really fun like reboot of The Muppets. Yeah. I don't like when they mix... I don't know. I, I Have you guys seen Happy Time Murders? No, no. <laughs> I've seen that. That is a fucking man. Worse than Transformers. Nothing like that. <laughs> now, uh, the thing about Happy Time Murders is it was one of those rumored things that had been around. Like that script and that idea had been around since like the '90s, since uh, before Jim Henson died. Yeah, his, it was the thing his son wanted to make. Like, yeah, and and so like I remember, you know, even before I got really deep into like reading all the movie news, I remember in like high school hearing rumors about this Muppets movie that was like dark and gritty and all this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, that sounds fucking awesome. And then they made it and it was terrible. <laughs> Why don't you just make it, Avenue it, Q? It, it should Right, right. <laughs> um, 
it should have just stayed in development hell so there could be a legend. Yeah. Because I think the legend of it is better than the actual product. 100%. The I concept mean, is, is better than the movie. Is there any movie that stayed in development that long that turned out to be good? Like, I, I actually think The Muppets is a good example. It took us a long time to actually get a new Muppets okay, movie. Okay, that's true. That's true. And it was a good movie. That's not a I bad episode. I was mostly just uh, segueing into talking shit about Burt Wonderson. <laughs> it's not a bad true. episode idea, though. I yeah. mean, we, we also just talked about Spider-Man not that many weeks ago, yeah. which you said also was in development hell That's for true. many, many years. Okay, but that was not because of like any quality issues or yeah. something. That was just bad mood decisions in the 70s. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that brings us to... Is this a Judd Apatow thing? Five-year engagement? No, it's a Jason Siegel thing, just like The Muppets was. Like, so oh, they really? Were, they were on set together. Jason Siegel wrote The Muppets movie, uh, directed by... Gosh, I knew his name a second ago. Isn't it the guy? Out. No, it's not. No. But he also wrote and directed the same duo... Jason Siegel and the director for The Muppets wrote Five Year Engagement. Uh, Jason Siegel plays like a chef, and she's like a doctor doctorate student. And he gives up like his big San Francisco restaurant. They go to like Michigan or something, and he and they end up basically just getting on each other's nerves. He gave up his career. He's made her be engaged for five years. Uh, they do happy ending. Do end up getting married after they break up for a while, but. Uh, this movie is... So it's rom-com or drama? Is it a dramedy? Dramedy? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's does like, a lot of dramedies, doesn't it? It's like <laughs> rom-com, like, what's the one with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn? Where they, like, the breakup. The breakup. It's like that, where you're like, this is funny, but sad and sick at the same time. It's a lot like that. Okay. I, don't, I didn't enjoy this movie. I'm going worse than Transformers. And I had high hopes. Because, again, this is a combo that worked really well in The Muppets. Yeah. And I really like The Muppets. Movie. I like Jason Sudeikis, too. It's Jason Siegel, not Jason, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't like him as same. much. Same! <laughs> Thank you. That <laughs> makes like me feel better. <laughs> Man, there was a bit where I thought Jason Siegel was, like, gonna explode. I mean, How I Met Your Mother is okay. Well, I mean, definitely, though, I mean, forgetting Sarah like Marshall, so he's the fucking <laughs> yeah. shit in that. I think I think How I Met Your Mother is kind of what ruined it because like the last four seasons of Marshall, you could tell he fucking hated being on right. that show. Well, right. he would talk about it in interviews, yeah. you know, like that he didn't want to be on the show anymore. That yeah. end of the world movie we were talking about last week, like his yeah. whole little bit in that movie is him talking shit about being in How I Met Your Mother. This is the end. This is the end. Yeah, I meant to text you guys, but you know, good call. Nice, uh, nice late, pull. Late, late payoff. <laughs> nice pull. Uh, uh, I'm going worse than Transformers in five year engagement. That's fine. So that we're, we're we're starting to move towards the better movies. Right. I, think, yeah. I don't career. know how she got more popular. Well, well, she's yeah. Yeah. Her movie. <laughs> she's, she's kinda, again. She's not been the bad part. Yeah, she's kind of so far. We haven't talked about a movie that I remember her from. <laughs> so that's we'll talk about a movie that has mixed opinions on this podcast as a whole. Uh, Ryan Johnson's Looper. It's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis, Emily Blunt as the mother of the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. The Rainmaker. The Rainmaker. That's yeah. a cool-ass name, It's though. a cool fucking name. Yeah. It's it's a movie that had a cool premise, and I feel like it's one of those movies, and I'd love to do a ne- another episode on this, or at least a side episode on this. It's a movie that I think is better on mute. If, uh, if you're not hearing what they're saying, you're like, oh, I'll bet this is really fucking cool. And then when you, like actually listen to the words and the plot and that thing, then it kind of falls apart a bit. I like Looper a lot. I do think the plot kind of... Yeah. I, I think it falls... I think when you watch Looper the first time and you not even think about it and it's fresh, you're like, oh, that was a cool-ass movie. And then about two hours later, you're like, well, that didn't really make a whole lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, okay, that sounds about right. And uh, I think it starts to fall apart. But I do... I've watched it a couple times. I enjoyed every... I think the performances are good. Yeah. Uh, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Emily Blunt are really good together. They're the strengths of the movie. Absolutely. Bruce I, Willis is still phoning it in 100%. I mean, Bruce he always been does. phoning in for yeah. like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's been a long time since he did something that he really like cared about. And yeah. it sucks because he's like the emotional driving force right. of that yeah. movie, kind of. But he's Emily Blunt is so good as the mom mm-hmm. of your right, of the guy who's gonna literally like grow up to be this like worldwide mob boss who just murders people. Uh, and yet you still like through her. Yeah, because it's like, her child. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. I liked this movie a lot. I'm just dumb enough to not have noticed the uh, the holes in it, and uh, I thought she was good in it. You know, definitely better than Transformers. It has a killer ending. Yeah, I like it, but I'm I'm telling you, Last Jedi has just I'm an internet troll guy. I hate all <laughs> Ryan Johnson movies now because of Last Jedi. I'm that guy with Ryan Johnson. Like fuck him. <laughs> I don't Fair know enough. if anyone's ever admitted to being an internet troll. No, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people with Ryan Johnson. Like, I'll just bash anything he does now. <laughs> you should Knives watch Brick. Out? Knives out? No. 
I'm going to watch Knives Out. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, looks good. Yeah. Uh, I still think Looper's better than Transformers. I, and I I'm think Emily Blunt is great. You know what? I think it is better than yeah. Transformers. It's just not... I don't think it's quite as good as it should have been. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to definitely one of... Actually, this is probably... We talk about cult classics a lot. This probably actually is a cult classic. Sci-fi movie, Tom Cruise vehicle, Edge of Tomorrow. It's really Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Their, their uh, co-stars yeah, get a lot of screen time. It's, what is it? It's Groundhog Day. With but science fiction. With science yeah, fiction. With aliens. And yeah. It's, it's a future yeah. war movie, and a guy just keeps dying and yeah. reliving it. And this is... She's fucking badass. I fucking love this movie. You know what I love about this movie is that even though she's younger, she plays the mentor character in all of Tom Cruise's movies. Like Mm -hmm. he has, he has a lot of movies where he has mentors, and you know, you would think where he's the older person, it would be him, but she's the expert in this, and it's pretty badass. I think this movie's ahead of its time. Like now, you have these Captain Marvels, these Wonder Woman's. Like she was being a badass five years before that, killing fucking aliens. And I like that Tom Cruise is playing against his fucking type. He's yeah. usually the badass, and here he's the coward. You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. I think I think he's, it works really well. It's know? a really strong per- performance from Tom Cruise. It is, and Emily Blunt. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Like, no, yeah, they're both yeah, great. He's like slimy in it. You yeah, know? he's like, yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah, it's 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 a really good movie. I enjoyed this movie. This, a lot. this was this was, this movie was like right towards the beginning of our, our science fiction renaissance that, yeah. Yeah. that we started yeah. in the, like the 2010s. I feel like it, there's a really cool thing in this movie that in his, like, different lives, like, if you're paying attention, like, Emily Blunt, like, not herself, but, like, she'll be, like, spray-painted on the side of a building or, Mm. like, on a bus. Like, her presence is just constantly felt through all these different timelines. It's a cool-ass movie. Yeah. Those mech suits are fucking cool. Like, the special effects are cool. It's it's, a good movie. The aliens look cool. And also, it has a lot of good gags. It's a funny movie. It's a funny movie. Yeah. you know there aren't usually on these kind of things we'll go through the whole thing but for I think there are several people out there who haven't probably seen Edge of Tomorrow and I will genuinely recommend one of the few times I will say go and watch this movie yeah. Yeah. you yeah. will really like it I and think famously changed the name on DVD so yeah. if you do look for it it's Live Die Repeat now. Yeah, it is no longer Edge of Tomorrow if you which, google it it'll come sucks, up because I thought Edge of Tomorrow was a good name it is yeah. a good name yeah. it just they didn't market it as Edge yeah. of Tomorrow they yeah. marketed it as Live Die Repeat right. I remember I just started like this is the first living like right when I started working in a movie theater mm. this came out and I really liked it so yeah better than Transformers Emily Blunt is a badass huh? yes she best is. movie we talked about so far yeah. is what I'm saying yeah and then uh, as far as stretching into different rangier performances we go into a musical with Meryl Streep and Chris Pine and uh, James fucking Corden yep uh, Into the Woods yeah Emily Blunt famously she doesn't have a name she's the baker's wife and James Gordon's the baker that's their character name so um, it's she's good in it. She she can sing, so I mean I would like to see her in more musicals. She's it's, it's been very, in like five of them. It's very but. theatrical. Like it's like a play. I think it's based on a play yeah. that was adapted. It's based on a musical. That's um, great. yeah, Chris Pine, Anna Kendrick. Oh yeah, Anna big Kendrick. Fa- faint a lot of famous names. It was one of the Christmas releases. Mm-hmm. And um, Johnny Depp. Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah he's the big bad wolf. He's the big bad wolf. Oh, yeah, you're right. How how fucking prescient that is. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 good. She's not like I said. It's more Meryl Streep's lead, but she's great in it. I didn't like this movie. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the musical, and uh, I don't think the movie interpretation is much better. And I just feel like we're really typecasting Anna Kendrick and James Corden at this point, and I'm really down with a musical that doesn't have either of them in it. That seems fine, but I'm... she's fine in it. Emily Blunt's fine. I just it, it, it the whole movie kind of wears down, and she's not strong enough in it to like carry it yeah. for me. And this is Rob Marshall. What did he also? Yeah, he also. This is where they 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 met and did Mary Poppins later yeah. on. I think they met on this. This is mm-hmm. the first movie they did together. So better than Transformers. I'm, I'm going worse than Transformers. Fair enough. I'm going. I didn't watch it. Yep. Uh, so that brings us to the best training day since training day, Sicario, where Emily Another Blunt is movie. very much the, the like the lead in, in this movie. Uh, it's her, Benicio del Toro, Daniel Kaluuya, that guy from Burn Notice, someone else, I think. Josh Brolin. Brosh, Josh fucking Brolin. Yeah, he's yeah. Like it's got the John Barenthal. John well, Barenthal as a slimy it, cop. It, that's right. Yeah. It almost like a cameo role. It's yeah. a very yeah. small part. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know how good Emily Blunt is in this movie, watch the second one without her and realize <laughs> how fucking awful that one is. I mean, I've I've talked about this often. I I love Training Day. It's one of my top five. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the strengths of that movie is for Ethan Hawke's character, you are in his perspective. And he's in a new place with new people. And so he doesn't really know what's real, who to trust, who's telling him the truth, who's not telling him the truth. And I absolutely think that's the strength of this movie also, is you're coming at it from Emily Blunt's perspective. And she's very much, you know, like, 
trying real hard to soldier through and like play mm-hmm. her part, but you can tell like she is uncomfortable and she does not know yep. like who can cho- who she can trust or if she's even doing the right fucking thing. And she plays it phenomenal. Her facial expressions, like not yeah. even verbal, just yeah. like she looks. I mean, I, like I've said in this podcast, I'm a big fan of action scenes. There's a scene on a highway where like they're taking a prisoner from Mexico to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and they get caught in a traffic jam. And these people in Mexican cars are hopping out, and it just gets very suspenseful. Yeah, really very, intense. very good. And then the last thirty minutes is they find you know they're they're tunneling under drugs and stuff, and they go in this underground tunnel, and it's shot through night vision. It's fucking dope. Like is this movie's fucking. Denny Villeneuve, good. right? Is it? I think yeah. it is. It yeah, is. yeah. This is a great. Fucking it's a really great movie. Yeah, and, and again, Ethan Hawke had a troubled career, but everyone can agree he's fucking great in Training Day, and it's the same thing for her here. Like. Uh, she is by far the strength of the movie. And she's not the most likable character. No. But no. she's the most well-acted. And, and, and the reason I actually like her performance in this better than I like Ethan Hawke's performance is because Ethan Hawke's possibly just a little bit too oshbagosh. Yeah. You know, like, what? There's there's non non. Oh, she's that, very yeah. aware. Well, she, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. Like, she's not, like, you know, naive or anything. She's been in, like, you know, doing this yep. hard beat on the drug cartels for a while, but... Even for her level of experience, they're going like deeper in than she anticipated. Well, and also like Ethan Hawke never really gets dragged down into the muck. Yeah, he always is sure what the right thing to mm-hmm. do is. If you're someone who enjoys moral ambiguity, this is the movie for you <laughs> yeah. because yeah. there's nobody that's 100 percent <laughs> likable in it. That's true. You know, uh, the most likable person probably in the movie murders children. Yep. That's, so, yeah. that's true, actually. Yes. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say top 10 for me, that'd be a stretch, but this is like top 30. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. It's really it's good. Great. Yeah. So that, Don't watch the second one. Yeah, no. <laughs> Day of the Soldado. <laughs> However, uh, Ian likes to say it, that's what I want to call yeah. it. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, so that brings us to a movie that was based on a super popular book at the time uh, called uh, The Girl on the Train. Uh, it. It's like a murder mystery. Uh, Emily Blunt plays like a drunk who takes the subway every day. And she witnesses, like, through her window, she, like, spies on this one family. And I think she imagines, because she's going through a divorce, I believe, and she's down on her luck. And she imagines that she's part of this family. And then she, like, witnesses a murder. And then it's kind of, you know, a whodunit, um, psychological thriller. This movie really wants to tap into the magic that Gone Girl had. Yeah, it was yes. a total Gone and, Girl ripoff. And it, it does not at all. It's like, whereas Gone Girl really keeps you guessing, this you can figure out everything that's going on in about the first 15 minutes. I mean, the, the, the problem there is, one, Gone Girl is actually a well-written book, and yeah. two, Gone Girl the movie is directed by David fucking Fincher. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is also based on a book. I mean, it had a good cast. Justin Theroux, Luke Evans, yeah. um, Rebecca Ferguson, like who's in Broke Out in Mission Impossible. This mm-hmm. was like the start of that, but... It is missing something. I would say worse than Transformers. I was really excited about it, and I was a little disappointed coming out. I, I'm, I'm going with worse than Transformers. I was like, I, I was bitching about this movie yep. for days, probably because I did have high hopes. Yep, but yeah. me too. Um, but she does play a good. Like she's an alcoholic, you know, like kind of down on her luck, and she's good in that role. Like right. she's a little dirtier, you know, a little like she's not having a good life right now. Right. And I think she does good about that. So that brings to probably we're getting into the very recent things thing you would probably remember in the last last year. Yeah. yeah. Right. Her collaborative project with her also famous husband John Krasinski, A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Good uh, fucking movie. Which is a uh, kind of a sci-fi horror Mm -hmm. movie uh, about aliens who essentially kind of invade the earth and wreak havoc and they're blind but super sensitive to sound so the whole movie is is very much about like uh, how life progresses without making sound how human life progresses without making sounds it's a it's a really interesting world. Like they've they've done a good job of fleshing out the you know it's several I think it's like months after Mm -hmm. at least many weeks after the initial like attack um, so like you're already like living into this kind of thought out world of what it would mm-hmm. be like, but it is very much carry. It's, it's about this one family just trying to stay together and survive. And, you know, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are the heart of this movie. Absolutely. And the, and the deaf girl, their yeah. daughter. But yeah, no, it's, it's very, very good. Um, our, like I said, the bird box was the one that got a lot of play. like popularity coming out of this. Well, I think bird box got play because people liked quiet place and wanted more yeah. of it. And, and I think this was a better. Huge hit. This think, is better than bird. Box. I think there was more attention to bird box cause it was more fun to make fun of. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. 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 But this is, this is a good movie. Um, yeah, I remember, like I like how they they do the farm and like you know you see like how they've made these things to like survive like with the fireworks and they set up these traps and like it's just a lot of like it was well thought out and well written I think you know she's great in it mm-hmm. uh, she's got a real great like kind of like Sarah Connor moment at the end of the film that yep. works really <laughs> yeah. really well um, the scene yeah. where she's giving birth 
and she can't make a sound in the bathtub, and like the aliens on her. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. That's the one part of the movie probably lost me a little bit because, like, come on. Yeah, that one's hard to hard to believe. But, I thought it was cool. Uh, it, it, I mean, she does good in it. The, the for a movie that's really based around a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it plays way better than it should. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I think it does because it, because it focused specifically on this very yeah. well. They flesh out these characters, yeah, so and, thoroughly, and, it, and it's such it's such kind of like a primal urge where it's these these parents just trying to to keep their children safe, mm-hmm. and like I think that comes through in literally every scene of the movie. And like I said in our episode we did on this, John Krasinski's beard is fucking. It is incredible. a great beard. It's a great beard. <laughs> yeah. like Emily has, Emily Blunt's beard not as good. <laughs> it seems like it has its own beard. Like it's so beardy, hundred yeah. percent. This movie's better than Transformers. Better you than Transformers, watch it if you yes, definitely. It was yeah, one of my favorite movies last year, and uh, probably uh, you know there there are good roles, there are acclaimed roles. Probably the most illustrious role on here is her probably her most recent one, where she reprised uh, Julie Andrews' very famous performance as Mary Poppins yep. in Mary Poppins Returns. Correct. Am I the only person who saw this movie? I saw it. You did you? What I did fell you asleep. Think of it? Fell asleep in it. Yeah, look, I'm not a huge Mary Poppins fan. Me neither. Uh, I don't really like the original. It's okay. I've watched it. It's fine. That's about how I feel with this one. I don't think it. I know a lot of people were like disappointed by it, but again, I don't have that high of praise for the original. Yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt is perfect casting for Mary Poppins. It's kind of. It does kind of suck that this movie wasn't a hit because you could like she could have like led a franchise in Mary Poppins. Movies. I still don't understand why. I mean, I've never watched it. I don't really have an intention to, but I don't understand why it wasn't a huge hit. Yeah. It seemed like before it came out, it was going to make all the holiday money. Well, the original came out 60 years ago. It did I mean it, it <laughs> but, did it did okay. I mean, I wouldn't say it bombed. It just it but didn't I, blow I the mean, doors off the place. Yeah. I mean, really going into it, did you think Aquaman was going to kick his ass? No. Yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. I think this movie topped out probably the 700 million Range. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it turned a profit, but it wasn't a it wasn't a huge hit. The, I think the biggest problem with this movie is the supporting cast. She's really giving it and doing a good job. Lin Manuel is not a great Burt substitute, um, and God, Emily Mortimer and and Ben Wishaw are just the most annoying people <laughs> in the world in every role they're ever in, and they're like the two leads in this. The Dick Dick Van Dyke bit is fun. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's no, it's fine. And you're right; it did not do well. Three hundred and fifty worldwide million, yeah, see? which is not that much. It probably didn't turn a profit when you think about what it no, may cost no. to make and what it costs. Cost That's to like a work. broke even, probably. I'm I'm saying better than Transformers. I would probably watch it again, but I would only watch it solely for her. Like she is good enough to I, continue I, that role. I gotta say, worse than Transformers. Like I said, I I would watch Transformers again before I'd watch this and. If I fall asleep in a movie, I can't say it's better than Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not her fault. You're right. <laughs> She's fine. And that brings us to current day. Uh, she's got a couple more projects in the works right now. She's got uh, a movie called Jungle Cruise with The Rock. Another Disney property. Yeah. Uh, I how, that, how that'll be. Because Pirates of the Caribbean is great. You know, based on, it's based on a Disney yeah. ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then Eddie Murphy Haunted House, not so great. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're hit or miss right now. I remember when Eddie Murphy's Haunted House came out, they had... By the way, guys, it's called Haunted Mansion. You're right, Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Good call. Raven Simone Mm -hmm. from That's So Raven did a a version of Superstitious. And I was like, this song is awesome! (laughs) And then I found out that Stevie Wonder did it first. Uh. (laughs) So yeah, that's the movie that's coming out. Jungle Cruise with The Rock. Uh, Quiet Place 2, the sequel to A Quiet Place, which we just talked about. Uh, I don't know if they have a release date for that yet. Uh, Next year. Next year? Yeah. And uh, maybe... It's it's on IMDb. Uh, Live, die, repeat, and repeat the sequel to Edge of uh, to Edge of Tomorrow. It will never happen. Never or, get made. It may get made. It ain't made with that fucking name. I'll tell you that for it, for a fact. It ain't, <laughs> it's not getting made. I mean, they made least for four years, and then it'll be a decade after yeah. the last one. At one point, there was talk that they were going to make a sequel to Dude, Where's My Car? Or called Seriously, Dude, Where's My Car? And that was a better title than this. Yep. But yeah. I would love to see I mean, a look, this I would movie. watch that movie right now. Yeah. If you brought, if you got Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher back, absolutely. It's an I, underrated movie, in yeah, my that's opinion. True. <laughs> I'd watch Live Die Repeat Repeat. Yeah. No, I, I, would, I would too. Yeah, you know, our, particularly the yeah. same director would be back. Yep. Like Rupert, Rupert Wyatt, right? What? Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman. Damn. Yeah, Rupert Wyatt, I think, was attached to it at one point, so I don't think you're wrong, but it's gone through like a million director yeah. hands. <laughs> Doug uh, Lyman and Rupert Wyatt make the exact same kind of movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, this one's never going to get made. But of the roles that she has done already, now we have to pick 
What is the best performance ever? I mean, I think it's down to just the two. Right, Sicario or Live Die Repeat. So mm. I, mean, I, 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 I can easily say for me it's uh, Edge of Tomorrow because in Sicario she kind of plays the Tom uh, the Tom Cruise role, the like blank space to put yourself in. Whereas in Edge of Tomorrow she's like a character, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also I understand that Sicario is a better and a more important movie, but the other one has like time travels and aliens that blow up and shit, and that's more in my tree. So <laughs> I'm going with that. Well, one. I'll even it out because I, I mean, I said Sicario is one of my top thirty movies, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's got to be Sicario for me. So we're one one. What, what about you guys? I'm gonna mix it up. I'm actually gonna go Looper, oh. uh, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> uh, we talked, there are problems with Looper. But the performances are good, and she's the best performance. But we were sitting here discussing it, and it really does, like, hark home. Like, there's no reason for you to feel sorry for that kid. Like, you should Mm. want... It's like killing baby Hitler. Mm. And she makes you feel sorry for baby Hitler. Mm. Right. Uh, That's a strong performance that really carries that whole movie and really helps. Without her and as good as she is in it, that emotional beat doesn't hit, and the movie doesn't work. So it falls entirely on her back. Oh damn! You just made a really compelling. I know point. That, that you just that was a good point. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I was between Sicario, A Quiet Place, and Devil Wears Prada. I think it's probably you know it, it's similar. Could be a quiet place. A similar yeah, vibes from a from A Quiet yeah. Place and and Looper. But you make a good point. It's it's much harder to root for you know Hitler's mother yeah. than just some innocent kids who are in you know a bad place at a bad time. Oh shit! I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because the, the the thing about Sicario, I, I was going to say, with Sicario, it's got the most weight on her shoulders because she is she is the point of view yeah, character. Yeah, for sure. Go Quiet Place, so we're all ones. <laughs> there's no fucking majority. <laughs> <laughs> she is a good actress. And we, we, yeah. we shat on a lot of the movies, but they're not bad movies because of her. Like, yeah. She's really good in a lot of that stuff, which is why she kept getting work after making terrible movies. Yep. I don't care in my heart of hearts. It's still Sicario. Go Sicario. <laughs> right. uh, Sicario wins. Sicario wins. <laughs> Fuck you, motherhood. <laughs> but I, I think that's it for uh, for Emily Blunt until we do some other actor from Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Which I'm looking at you, Stanley Tucci. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. Oh, I like that idea. Just hit all the Devil Wears Prada people. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Vinny Chase. <laughs> Yeah, it's a short list. Who's the, who's the other generic guy that's like the older guy in that movie? We could do Meryl Streep, too. Are we sure it's not Chris Evans? It's not. <laughs> Chris Evans was the generic guy in all those movies. No, he's like an older... That year. He's supposed to be like the sexy older guy. Oh. I can't remember what his name is. It doesn't matter. Either way. So that's it for Emily Blunt, best performance ever, Sicario. What have we been watching, guys? Uh, I'll start, since I got accused for always throwing it to Ian. I watched Detective Pikachu Again. Again. Uh, I really like that movie. It's, it's just It's fun. Uh, I also kind of miss the days where we just had like fun family action adventure live action movies. I feel like they're kind of like a dying breed. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's a really good one. Uh, and I like it. Better than Transformers. Uh, I watched about half of season three of Downton. Uh, I know what's coming and I'm not ready for it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I, I texted you spoilers wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now what happened, and God, it's sad. It's going to break your little heart. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not prepared for it. We're taking it slow. We probably may get there tonight, or maybe tomorrow, but... Um, Is Kate also invested? I didn't even Kate, ask it. Kate's super invested. She loves it. She doesn't know. Okay. So uh, I keep spoiling her. Or not spoiling her, but like teasing her. I'm like, L- some shit's coming. L- Lady Sybil. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you are brutal. <laughs> the other thing I watched was uh, I watched the last two episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I watched End oh, of Evangelion. Oh, that's right! <laughs> uh, Shit, we're going to be here all day. Um, let me say this. I didn't hate episodes 25 and 26. I was pretty on board with so it. So for, for those of you who don't remember, when we talked about it, the series goes till 24, and that's kind of the end of like the main arc, and then the last two are alternate endings. Yep. 25 and 26 are alternate endings, and there's a separate movie that's just kind of to be fan service quote-unquote fan service for the people who are unhappy with the other endings. So the pro- the biggest <laughs> issue, I think, the, the, there were two things I would, I would say that could help really improve it. I think it's a good show. I got to the end of it. I say it's a good show. It's super deep. It's got a lot of themes. I could talk about it for hours. But the two biggest problems is, number one, well, the shit that happens in End of Evangelion should have happened in the show that connect 24 and 25. Uh, the other thing is they should have introduced the whole human intersectionality project way fucking earlier. 
Like, that doesn't get name-dropped until, like, episode 23 or 24. Toji, whatever his name is, should have, like, been really... Like, he, we know he was kind of, like, a spy on board with all that stuff. Or not on board, but, like, trying to, like, reveal it. But they never really clearly say until him and What's-Her-Face are fucking. For, for, <laughs> for a show that's really into, like, very distinctly expressing what you're feeling all yeah. the time and, like, repeating it over and over again, there's a lot of, like, subtle shit that they, like... Just throw at you like as like a pass by line that's really fucking important. Well, they don't really have to exposition. The plot. <laughs> yeah, like the, the plot shit is not important, but like emotional journey. What you feel yeah. is what's important. Yeah, Having which I guess that, is kind of standard for you know for the show. Go ahead. What the fuck is that movie? <laughs> uh, it is the most bizarre eighty minutes. There at one point, it goes to the real world. By the real world, I mean fucking us. <laughs> And it's like a self-help conference. <laughs> and then it goes I mean, yeah, back, about that. back to the anime world. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's not even a short... That's like a three-minute scene. Where oh, it's it, long. It's, 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 it's pictures of, like, Tokyo, like, real-life Tokyo. Real Tokyo. Yeah, like, not animated. Real-life Tokyo. And then there's just a... People l- walking down the street. And then there's just a long shot of, like, panning across a, a crowded auditorium in, like, a movie theater. Yeah. And the voiceover is like, this is reality. This is not dreams. Well, what are dreams? Dreams are not our reality. This is our reality. And it's just I would have turned it off. Weird. <laughs> it's so weird. And that's not even talking about, like, old guy kind of sexually harasses a little girl. She's a clone. That doesn't count, then. No. <laughs> He's like he's like trying to like merge with her. It's very sexualized and gross. That doesn't account the, the, the whole show is sexualized and gross. <laughs> doesn't count the thirty-year-old woman making out with fourteen-year-old boy. That doesn't count the fucking fourteen-year-old boy masturbating to an unconscious girl. Yep. There is so much weird shit, and yet still somehow this weird like five-minute bit that questions what the fuck reality is is still the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the whole thing is very strange. It's so bizarre. And what's, you know, like I said, I like 25 and 26 fine. Like, what separates all of it is 25 and 26 are, like, internal Shinji deciding he wants to live. Whereas the movie is, like, the buildup to allow him to have that question. And what you don't, what you, I guess you kind of realize is that Shinji's decision is the decision for the whole world. They don't really tell you that in episode 25 and 26. But they do tell like, you that again, in the movie. They kind of do. They kind of but do. But they, they hit you with so many uh, things like, wait, what is a dream? A dream is reality. Yeah. You kind of like, you, you think that some of the things that they're saying are, are figurative. And then you realize that some of the things, they really mean that. And then yeah. some of them are. The reason why I say it's not super clear is because you go through all the people. Yeah. It doesn't focus solely on yeah. Shinji, whereas the, the movie does. But actually seeing Ray go around blowing people up for the turning them into ooze shit is one of the weirdest things I've ever watched. It is, uh, guys, it is gross. I, I, I can't even... I, I know you guys are sitting here like, what the fuck is this? I'm, I'm looking at you guys different after this. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm actually thinking I'm just going to skip the good stuff and just watch the movie. Please, <laughs> please, I beg Joseph today that we should just beg you guys to watch it. <laughs> like, I want to know because what you think. It's one of those things where... I still don't know if it's good, but it's really fun to talk about (laughs) because it's just so fucking weird. And I mean, it it has what I like about it is there are like cool messages and themes in it. What's really funny to me is he had a message that he wanted to tell in this show in 26 parts. And it was kind of there and people kind of liked it, but they wanted more resolution. And he was like, I'm not giving you more resolution. I'm going to double down on this. Absolutely is what happened. And it becomes like. You know, like we talked about, the show ends when when Shinji chooses to live. All the people he ever loved standing around him, clapping and saying "Congratulations!" It's fucking weird. Yep. And so I was like, "That's strange." And then for the movie to be like, "This isn't real. Get outside, you sick, sad piece of shit." And I was and, like, "Oh, this is very straightforward. I'll go back to the clapping, please." And choke <laughs> teenage girls to death. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, why? I know it. It's a, it's a fucking. I'm so glad you watched it. Though. Yeah. Now I don't feel alone. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a show. 
Yeah, I don't know. Worse than Transformers. <laughs> That's it. Thank God I watched Detective Pikachu. I'd probably be in therapy right now. Cleanse your soul. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my turn? Sure. Um, uh, you know, I, I continued reading the uh, new X-Men relaunch. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you, how is that? Is that Powers of Ten still coming out? Yes. It's, it, it's, it's really hard to talk about. Like, the newest issue I read was House of X2, but it's really the third issue of the thing, because... House of X and Powers of X are telling the same story, and I don't really know why they're two. Maybe they'll deviate more as it goes on, but right now I don't really understand why they're two separate books. I heard about that. I heard about Meyer Mortaggett. Was that yeah, Meyer yeah, Mortaggett? Yeah, they definitely they take a character who has been a prop for forty years and make her the centerpiece of the whole X Men universe. And it's really cool how they do it. And it was definitely my favorite issue of the three so far. Cool. But it was also the most straightforward, easy to follow. Like, the first two issues had, like, text pages to explain <laughs> to you what was going on and stuff. So, yeah, I, I would recommend it, though. I, I would almost say maybe read this issue first and then read the first Interesting. Two. Yeah. I started, because of Card, rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation. And it's the first time I'd really watched it since I was a kid. And, uh, man, it, things progress differently than I, yeah. I thought like Dr. Crusher and, uh, and, uh, Riker's beard came way later in the show than they did, but they're at the beginning of the second season, yeah. you know, uh, Riker's beard is really fully developed in season three. <laughs> that's when it really steps well, up. Well, I'm really looking forward to season three because yeah. I'm already looking at it and obviously that's where all the good shit is. Yeah. Well, uh, we, you start to get, we start to push Wesley away. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny though. When I, like, you know, I watched season one as a kid, as it was happening. So you really connected with Wesley. Yeah, I didn't hate Wesley at all. But yeah, watching him, watching it now, I'm definitely like, yeah, shut the fuck up, Wesley, you know? Uh, but um, yeah, uh, the the weirdest one is uh, the season two opener, or at least as far as I've got, uh, rips off the worst Avengers story ever. Where uh, in this one, Deanna Troy gets space raped. Yeah. And has to give birth to a baby. It's weirder when it happens in the Avengers because Captain Marvel gets space raped, gives birth to uh, a kid who rapidly ages, then they become lovers and leave to explore the universe together. And the other Avengers are just fucking fine with that. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing. This one doesn't get quite that weird. But uh, yeah, I just got to, to the episode where the Borg was introduced, so that's really fucking cool and stuff. But I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm looking forward to watching it. How many seasons are there? Uh, there's like seven, seven, I think. Jesus. Yeah. A uh, lot of episodes. Man, just find... Because there's a whole... Like, I'd say 60% of the episodes is they find a thing in space and it makes them act weird. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just find an episode guide that tells you which ones to spin. <laughs> yeah, you, you could skip a lot. Thank uh, you, Internet. Next Generation does introduce two of the best, like, I don't know, villains, I think, across anything, which are the Borg. Right. Which are one of the best, like, versions of zombies there are. Like, right, yeah, totally. They're just a mindless mass that consume everything, and they're excellent. And then number two... Q is just fucking... I don't think Q works if that guy wasn't as charismatic no, as he is. Totally. Definitely. Even when the episodes are bad, all the actors are really fucking good. Yeah. And I tell you one thing that they do that's... That they really... Like, you know, they realize the first one, all the best stuff comes from Spock and Bones don't understand each other. Yeah. So they made, like, most of the characters have some sort of deficiency or something that makes them see the world differently than everybody else. And that, that moves a lot of the episodes. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, so far, better than Transformers. I love Next Generation. Um, I also, I don't have much to say on it this time, but I'm sure this will pop up in many more episodes. I started a rewatch of Lost. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Good and, God. And uh, the, uh, uh, man, that's, I, I don't care what you think about that show overall. That pilot, that pilot is still is, the best pilot of any show. It ever. is a great yeah, pilot. It's a great pilot. great. It's, yeah. it's like Game of Thrones. It's just fucking, they didn't know what to do with it in the last season. Nah, I, you know, uh, <laughs> strongly disagree, but we'll get <laughs> we'll, there. We'll do it one day. <laughs> one day. Yeah, that's all I got. Very good. Uh, well, the only thing is I've been watching I watched that sunshine cleaning for this episode, which again, better than Transformers, but not quite as good as I expected. Alan Arkin's in it. He's really good. Is uh, he still alive? He, I, I think, think so. He is. Oh, yeah. so. Yeah, I think he seems so. like a good guy. 
Um, and then the only other thing I really watched is I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks with the Oakland Raiders. Mm. Is it good? Uh, is Antonio Brown in it? He's in the first episode a little bit. You can watch it free on YouTube, I think. You can watch the first episode free on YouTube. Ooh, I'm definitely doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have HBO. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, you know, John Gruden's less crazy so far than I anticipated him to be. That's sad. Yeah, it is a little sad. <laughs> there's, a, there's a young safety who's a rookie who is a fucking nightmare. Oh, I've heard of this kid. He's the one who's hitting people too hard in practice, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's just yeah. he's just very. Uh, it, it's not even that he's, he's a first ag- round pick. Yeah, right? it's not even that he's aggressive. He's just like unapologetic. You know, like he feels like what he's doing is the right thing all the time. Um, so he's definitely going to be a nightmare. But I also like maybe that's why he's a good safety. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Do they show his feet, Antonio Brown's feet? Yeah. They, uh, I don't know if they do. I can't remember. I'm definitely. I've just seen pictures Frosty, of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Antonio Brown. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I knew there was another fucking criminal on, on the Oakland later than Raiders this year. Fucking Richie Incognito. Yeah, Big-time criminal. Is a goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> uh, he, just, he bullied that guy, right? He bullied yeah. that guy. He's Bunch like... a racial slur. Yeah, and... he's, like, abused people. He got into a... Arrested in a bar fight. He's a bad fucking dude. <laughs> um, he's a, just a giant man with a baby face and a temper problem. I fucking hate him. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna keep watching it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's it? Yep. Yeah, I only watched one thing, um, Scary Stories to Tell in the oh, Dark, oh, how was it? Um, which is actually pretty good. Really? Better than Transformers. It's PG-13. I was about to say, so is it, do you think it's designed for, like, teenagers? Because, I mean, definitely, like, that's... I think, yeah, teenagers, but I got something out of it. Like I said, for PG-13, I was kind of nervous, like, you know, this is probably going to be corny, but, like, it's all practical effects. Yeah. And Guillermo del Toro, like, you know, what's that movie that he did that's kind of like The Hobbit, but... In Mexico. Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. It's got, like, a lot of those same costumes and creepy right shit. Um, it's good. It's, like, Vietnam War era. Um, you got, a, like, a draft dodger is one of the main characters. Um, a girl who's trying to be a writer. Um, yeah, man, the spider scene is fucking crazy. For what they... They got a lot away with a lot for a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Um, it's not, like, if you've read the book, I read the book, you know, it's not short stories, they, like, tied into one narrative, hmm. but it works. It works better than I thought. I would definitely recommend it if you're, like, fans of that kind of genre. Um, like I said, I it's not really my kind of genre, but I was pleasantly surprised. It, lo- it looked like the Goosebumps movie, but scary. No, well, I mean, that's a comedy. This is, like, more adult. Like, yeah. This is, this is, there's some scary parts in it, but, like, you know, it's not overly gore, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's tasteful. It's you know what I mean. <laughs> it's tasteful horror, so I would tasteful I would say, spiders. Yes, I would say definitely go check it out. That that's the only thing I saw. Cool. I'm excited. Someone saw it. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's All it. Right. What are we gonna do next week? I don't know. It's all so far away. More topics because again we are we are approaching the desert. There's that's not cool. a lot coming out of the I near future. I can't even think of the next movie coming out. I want to see. I'm it sure too. it's in October. Rise, it's chapter uh, yeah. two. Uh-huh. Early it, September. It, we should do a Stephen King thing. We could. I'd yeah, be I'd be super into that. Yeah. I can talk about <laughs> But cool. Which one? The but, one Oh the, the original one. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that remake. Yeah. What is this? It, it originally oh, the, no, no, we were talking about Carrie. We were talking about Carrie. Oh, I was gonna say oh. we could, yeah. With Hit Girl. Yeah. Oh yeah, they forgot they remade And Jodie Foster, right? It was Jodie Foster. The mom? I don't fucking remember. Yeah, Go ahead. Anyway, going. close it out. <laughs> Uh, so join us next week for something. It will be uh, our normal level of quality, which is whatever you think our normal level of quality is. <laughs> Keep it uh, consistent. <laughs> Hashtag real phonies. Hashtag real phonies. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for listening. Please rate and like and subscribe and tell all your friends. Word of, ma- word of mouth is very powerful. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, if uh, we did Emily Blunt dirty, or if there's another Emily Blunt role that we, was really good that we missed, you can tell us all about it at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also tell us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies and on Instagram at Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for Art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. See you guys next week. Later. Later.